You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 4th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can check me out on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or follow Locked On Padres at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. You can see the cool shirts I'm wearing on YouTube, Locked On Padres on YouTube. If you're not familiar already, I write for a site, Just Baseball. That's where you can find some of my big-time baseball experience. Great site. Go check it out. And on today's episode, guys, first of all, once again, as always, thank you for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day. Let me just say, man, let me just say, I, I mean, it's just, this is this is going to be a fun episode. Don't worry. Don't worry. Maybe you're having a tough go of things. Maybe your car broke down on the way to work. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. My little chickadees and, and, and hatchlings and good folks out there. It's going to be a fun episode. We are talking about the debut of one Sir Juan Soto. And he wasn't the only one that debuted. Going to be talking about the Padres giving the Rockies an absolute thrashing in last night's game featuring the return of Slam Diego. Uh, let's talk about that before we kind of talk about the Padres going forward and how they completely won the trade deadline on basically all aspects, right? Last night. The Padres won 9-1. to We were talking all day. There was the videos from the Padres' Twitter account that I enjoyed very much, right? We had Juan Soto and, and Josh Bell playing the little hockey game. You had Tatis and Soto embracing, of course, their friends and whatnot. Uh, you saw them at the Home Run Derby and stuff like that before, so that was really nice to see. In his first game for the San Diego Padres, one Sir Juan Soto, and I can't emphasize enough how crazy it is that he's still that he's on this team. Like, it just, it seems crazy to, like, for me to be saying these words right now. It, it really does. It really does. One for three in the game gets his first hit at the end of the game for the Padres, and then two walks. His first at-bat for the Padres was a four-pitch walk. He didn't chase anything. He has the second-lowest chase rate in all of baseball. Everybody knows that he has not had an on-base percentage below 400 his whole career, including this year. So some people might be saying, oh, the batting average is low. I don't I don't care. I don't care if it's low because, as we all know, the batting average does not tell the full story. And it was electric, guys. And look, I know that everybody's going to be saying kind of very similar things, right? Everybody's going to be bringing up, you know, how... This is, they felt so nervous, they were so excited, and there's all those words that we have. And I had to bring out a thesaurus. You know, I have to bring out a thesaurus in order to come up with different words and what have you to kind of describe what we saw. And what we saw was the first inning at Petco Park, a sold-out stadium, which was to be expected, but people standing on their feet watching this team. In a game in August, a San Diego Padres game in August, we're seeing people stand up because they're so excited to see this team. And how do they start things off, ladies and gentlemen? As if it was a script. As if it was written by one Steven Spielberg. As if it was, heck, written by the people in damn draft day, which is a very flawed but strangely watchable movie. First inning. 
I should say bottom of the first inning. How did things start? Well, you know, unfortunately, Jerickson Profar fouls off, fouls out. Juan Soto second in the lineup for now, which is going to be interesting how the Padres uh, conduct their lineup going forward, especially when Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, eventually gets back. Juan Soto walks. Manny Machado hits a double to deep center. Josh Bell draws a walk. Jake Cronenworth gets hit by a pitch, actually, which scared me for a second. I'm not going to lie, which brings in a run. And then Brandon Drury hits a grand slam, guys. <sighs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There was also Trent Grisham double, who's quietly been actually heating up a little bit, having a lot of extra base hits lately, including some home runs. And a walk-off home run, by the way. That it was before Soto was in the lineup, the game from two nights ago, which was rad. Uh, Shout-out to Trent Grisham. Manny Machado also gets a solo home run in this game. And then Jake Cronenworth has a two-run shot. I mean... Because it's it's part of the fact that I'm just watching this game genuinely shaking at home. Like, I'm nervous. And I don't remember the last time an August game made me nervous. And you have to be... You have to remember that it's there's so many areas. And Padre, long-time Padres fans probably don't need to be told this, but there's so many areas of why you're nervous and you're so excited as a Padres fan. Number one is that they got Juan Soto, who's a generational talent. And one of the best players in baseball, 23 years old, still has two and a half years left on his deal before he hits the open market. And he's also a really fun electric player to watch when you see how he takes pitches, when you see that the, the, the movement, he likes to stay flexible and just kind of, you know, movement uh, is big apparently with Wad Soto. And you just don't see this type of player so often from Ted Williams comparisons to guys that have weird names from the 1920s, right? Like just incredible stuff. So it's Juan Soto. Then it's the fact that this was a trade deadline that had a lot of moves that weren't just Juan Soto, right? Josh Bell, a really, really solid player. He was actually pretty solid for the Nationals last year and hit for some good power a couple seasons ago too. So this isn't totally out of nowhere for Josh Bell. Um, but this year, he's been a borderline kind of like all-star player. 301, 384, 493 slash line hitting into this game with 14 bombs. A good walk-to-strikeout rate, which is what's kind of made him really good. And he was a former, like, top-level prospect for the Pirates. So once again, Pirates fans just seeing <laughs> the former players of theirs just go out and do better things. But he was he was pretty great. And like I said... um, in 2019, he actually hit 37 bombs. So Josh Bell, pretty good offensive player uh, that the Padres just kind of got as part of this deal. And then they also trading Victor Acosta, who's a little bit of a lottery ticket uh, prospect. They traded him for Brandon Drury, who I am very sad to see that Luke Voigt, that Eric Hosmer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am saying his name on this podcast, that Eric Hosmer declining the trade to the Nationals. They had to send someone back there, so it was Voigt. So basically, Eric Hosmer as I tweeted, uh, basically his final act of hatred against the Padres was killing one Sir Luke Voigt. But the Padres recovered, and they were able to acquire Brandon Drury, who is a player that a lot of people have been excited about for a long time, and it has just never come through. For my NBA fans, this kind of gives me Jeff Green vibes, right? Where the talent was there, but it never really came through. And this year, the exact opposite has happened, and he hits the Grand Slam in his first game, which is really awesome, really exciting. And he plays multiple positions. He hits for a lot of power. His WRC+, plus, which of course is a good stat to use for just judging independent of fielding factors and whatnot, uh, is above average. It's about like 118 and then 134 overall. 118 away 
from Great American Ballpark, Cincinnati's ballpark, which is a very hitter-friendly place. So some concerns would be, is this guy just having an incredible first half of a season in a really hitter-friendly park? And Padres fans might be wondering, oh, God, is this going to be Adam Frazier 2.0? Still totally possible, but what I like about him is, unlike Frazier, he does have power, which is a thing that this team needed, 24th in home runs, 24th, 25th in slugging percentage heading into uh, the deadline. That he brings power, which is actually something that the Padres need, which is why the Adam Frazier acquisition last year was so weird. And on top of that, he has positional versatility. So if you need to put him in left, right, center sometimes, maybe, but I bet you could play him there if you had to. Third base, if Manny Machado needs a day off. That's what's so great about him is the versatility. So it makes up for the loss of Voight. And then you have Josh Hader. And then you have the extension of Musgrove. So many different things are why last night was so intense. And on top of all of that, number three, this isn't a roast, but it's the Padres, right? You're not, this is a team that has not won, right? This is a team that was thrilled with, you know, uh, uh, Yonder Alonso. And was thrilled, not to hate on these guys, but they, that Seth Smith was once a time uh, their best player in their lineup, right? Like, They've been starving for stuff. And to see that lineup from back in the day turn into what it is now, that's why watching that game last night just gave me, like, I was genuinely nervous. I'm, like, like kind of, like, you know, biting my lip and whatnot, which I'm not proud of, but that's what was going on. I'm playing my little Kirby game on the side to maybe calm myself down. And it didn't disappoint, ladies and gentlemen. But, of course, there's so much more to talk about, including the starting pitcher of last night's game, which I haven't even talked about yet, guys. But before we get into that, before we get into that, I need to tell you about a special site, ladies and gentlemen. All right, special times. Maybe you want to gift someone in honor of the greatness that is the San Diego Padres right now. All right, BlueNile.com. They help you when it comes to all your jewelry needs, ladies and gentlemen. They got you covered. All of life's special moments. If you just want to, if you, hey, I, I, whatever you want to do, man. You want to just celebrate with your homies who've been Padres fans forever. You want to get them some cool gemstones or what have you, whatever kind of cool jewelry you want, they've got it. And of course, for the traditional stuff like weddings and engagements and blah, 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 maybe a gift for Father's Day or whatever the heck is, is coming up. I don't I don't know the holidays. We're in August, right? Yeah. I sometimes forget we're in August. But anyway, wedding jewelry like engagement rings and bands, fine jewelry like necklaces, diamond jewelry, you know, cocktail rings, all that sort of stuff they have. And... At really good prices, guys. So they've got you covered there. And what I also like is that they have these a bunch of tools that let you choose the the shape of the diamond, the size of the diamond, and the clarity and the setting style. Like you can get whatever you want. Maybe you want to recreate the little dolphin ring that Will Smith was giving to his girlfriend in Independence Day. One of my favorite movies ever. I bet you uh, Blue Nile can at least help you out a little bit with that. You know what I mean? No guarantees there, but they really help you adjust and get what you want over there, guys. So what are you waiting for? Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. That's right. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement rings settings engagement ring settings uh plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever piece go to bluenile.com today ladies and gentlemen let's keep moving let's keep moving and of course remember that you're listening to locked on padres first listen every day thank you very much 
we didn't talk about the pitcher of last night's game. And that was Blake Snell. And Blake Snell has been, speaking of, you know, A.J. Preller being the warlock that he is, you know, one of the more kind of infamous acquisitions, not the worst acquisition like Eric Hosmer was for this team, but Blake Snell has not for the majority of his time for the Padres really come through. Last year, he showed some life at the end, but this year it's been more up and down and whatnot. But in last night's game, he went six innings, gave up one earned run on four hits, didn't walk a batter, which was very impressive, especially by Blake Snell's standards, and struck out nine. It was more than a quality start. It was an excellent start from from Blake Snell, and arguably one of his best starts of the season. I think his start against San Fran was pretty good too, which is back on July uh, 9th uh, when he struck out 11 and only gave up one run. But look at his past bunch of starts. I just mentioned last night. Against the Twins, six innings, four hits, one run, a walk, and seven Ks. Against the Mets, one of the better teams, and the game that I was at, your boys, so you can thank me for that. Uh, five innings, four hits, you know, no earned runs, two walks, five Ks. He did get hit up a little bit at Colorado. But other than that, with the exception of the Colorado start, San Francisco, I mentioned the 11 strikeouts, and then against the Dodgers, five innings, one earned run on four hits, struck out 12. He's been looking like maybe he's turning the corner a little bit, and that would be a big development for the Padres. Not that their pitching is starved, right? You're still hoping that Manaya can turn things around. You've got the Swiss Army man and Nick Martinez whenever you need him to maybe even start games or piggyback off another player's start. You've got, obviously, Mike Clevenger and Joe Musgrove and Yu Darvish, who's having a really underrated season, right? You have all of those guys. But if Blake Snell can be good, that's what helps you win more games and just have a higher seed, and just kind of have more depth when it comes to the postseason, which is going to be what the Padres are aiming for, obviously. So shout out to Blake Snell, a very fine start, of course overshadowed by the amount of things that occurred last night. And let me tell you guys, it's been, I think that there's so many layers of this. The fact that we could be potentially looking at a Padres lineup that starts with Jerks and Profar, then goes to Fernando Tatis Jr., then goes to Juan Soto, then goes to Manny Machado, then goes to Josh Bell, then goes to Brandon Drury or Jake Cronworth, whichever, and then, you know, I, I, the the last guy is, is Trent Grisham, who at least has maybe been performing a little bit better lately, and at the minimum, as a fourth outfielder or whatever, he's going to provide good defense for this team. That's really great, right? This is an all-star level lineup. Jorge Alfaro, by the way, uh, in this game, he goes one for four, but still, like, it's really great to see. And one thing that I think, just speaking of all the incredible amount of trades and acquisitions the Padres made, like, it really felt like a fully new team last night, which is key a part of this. I was really thrilled that the Padres... You know, they got a lot of different players. They didn't just get Soto. They also got rid of Eric Hosmer, which is a big part that we'll be talking a little bit more about in a second. That what I love so much is that they also were able to keep a couple guys. They kept Jackson Merrill, which don't get me wrong. The Padres system, by all means, is the that that cotton ball in the Western that floats. What are, what are those? like? It's like a ball of... What, what is that? Not yarn, but like it's like a hay. I don't know what that is exactly, but it always it goes across the desert landscape and whatnot and all those Western movies and cartoons. That's, for the most part, what their farm system is like. But I do like that they were able to keep Jackson Merrill. I do like that they were able to keep friend of the show, Kevin Copps, who might even come up later on in the season. Who knows? And they kept Luis Campizano. Longtime listeners would know. 
I'm a big fan of Luis Campuzano. I think he's the future for the team at catcher, and I did not like how they were managing him. They brought him up and then sent him down immediately. His debut for the Padres was against like Kenley Jansen in the Dodgers series last year as a pinch runner late in games, or a pinch hitter late in games. I didn't like how they were using him. I really like that they kept him. Jorge Alfaro, love the man. Like, let me be clear. Absolutely love what Alfaro has been doing this year. He's been fun. He's hit a bunch of walk-off hits. He's had clutch hits. And he's a freak athlete. And it's fun to watch him in his crazy hair. It is good that the Padres aren't going full in on that direction. You got him and Nola, and then you have Campizano for the future. You're deciding, let's keep this guy. He'll be the one guy that we can hopefully bring up, have under control, and provide really good value for us at the catcher position and when he's ready. But for now, the breakout sort of solid season that Jorge Alfaro is having is what's made it a lot more acceptable to keep Campizano down there and whatnot. So I really thought that that was an underrated part of everything that happened. Not to mention, Nomar Mazzara, he'd been pretty good for the Padres, right? Yes, with Juan Soto playing, he ain't starting in right field all that often anymore. But as a bench player that you can just have, that's what it takes to beat teams like the Dodgers. To have these guys that you like on the bench. Hassan Kim, when Fernando Tatis Jr. gets back. You know what feels really good? Having a really ace quality shortstop defensively who's increased his abilities at the plates this year to offset uh, or I should say, to combine with the defense. His good offense this year, uh, or his bad offense last year, kind of offset a little bit of his defense, at least a little bit. This year, though, his WRC+, plus, it's floating around 101-102. I'll take it, especially when he's not supposed to be the guy that's your starting shortstop, right? That's the big key here. The depth is key to beating some of those other teams that are out there, and that's why I love all these moves so much. It's It's thrilling stuff, man. Like, I just... It's so much fun, and yeah, it was a crazy deadline day. Talked about it on yesterday's episode, or two days ago, with Josh Neighbors. It was absolutely nuts in the moment when they acquired Soto. I'm looking at my phone, just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Not going to lie. Padres fans, they're used to it. You had the Max Scherzer deal last year. Heck, you even had the Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. All these players that they're allegedly interested in. And you believed it because A.J. Preller is super aggressive. But, of course, they didn't come to fruition. And that frustrated a lot of people. When Eric Hosmer was supposed to be uh, traded to the New York Mets in a deal that would have sent Paddock and maybe Ryan Weathers, who also is still a Padre, which is interesting, and would have sent him, and then you would have gotten in return. I believe it was Dominic Smith. So that didn't go through. All these different moves that don't go through. But bottom line is they waited, they waited, they waited, and A.J. Preller redeems himself from a lot of Padres fans you know, ire, I think, that they've seen over the last year. People were questioning him, including myself. I never thought that he should be fired. I was just more wondering how much more time does he have because the team has really fallen off a whole bunch. But now with all these moves, I mean, those concerns are basically gone, not to say that they are guaranteed eternal glory, but the fact that they were able to turn it around once again from 2015 when they had the Will Myers trade for Trey Turner when they trade for Matt Kemp, when they trade for Craig Kimball, when they trade for all these guys, James Shields and all these things, they turned it around then. Then we had 2020, and that was awesome. But then 2021 happened, the great collapse. And then you, you don't have the same depth anymore because of Darvish, because of Musgrove, because of this and that, because of Clevenger, because of Nola. Well, he did it yet again, guys. And we are reaping the benefits as Padres fans. And anybody who said 
that he should be fired. You're not looking so good right now, man. You're not looking so good. Guys, we're almost done with today's show, but before we talk about a certain first baseman that I'm now currently saying the name of, and I'm actually repping a little bit of in my shirt, the OG Slam Diego shirt with Will Myers, uh, Tatis Machado and Hosmer on it. Before we talk about him and some final thoughts, let me talk to you about something that is delicious. Something that is not quite as delicious as watching Juan Soto take, you know, pitches outside and whatnot and draw walks and hit Jake Cronenworth hitting bombs. But it's still pretty great. We're talking about Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys, ladies and gentlemen. They've got a new flavor too, cookie dough. You know cookie dough. You like having it raw. I know you guys. You know, you take it out of the little the little container, plastic tube or whatever, and you just eat it because it's so good. Well, guess what? They have a puff flavor for that now. And in general, guys, Built Bar flavors are awesome. I personally love their Cherry Barcia flavor. That one's really good. I miss Apple Almond Crisp. Built Bar, I would love if you brought that one back. I really miss it. It was so good. I loved it so much. Uh, but you guys should go, go check that out. They're covered in 100% chocolate and their protein bars. They are very good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs, for example, they're only 160 calories and they have 15 grams of protein in them. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem real. Guess what, guys? It is. Just like the Juan Soto thing didn't seem real. This doesn't seem real either, but it is true, guys. Like all built bars, you know, they're also covered in 100% chocolate, like I mentioned before. They're healthy for you, better than your regular candy bar. Go check them out by going to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15. Man, what a time to be alive. Mm. Guys, let's talk about Eric Hosmer. <clears throat> I saw yesterday, and it's interesting because I'm actually going to be writing about this for Just Baseball, if you prefer the written word, that... I saw yesterday that Ben and Woods, for people who aren't familiar, Ben and Woods, Ben Higgins, and Stephen Woods, they host a show in San Diego radio, and it's great. I listen to it. I'm not going to say every day I'm not like a tier one listener or anything, but I try to listen and tune in a lot, and they're really great. They're fun. They're segments that they do. They have a lot of Padres players on. And they mentioned yesterday, after I saw Kevin Acey, who for full disclosure, I'm a fan of. I've talked to him before. He's really cool. I think he's a great writer. Uh, first and foremost, and his time on the podcast in the early days of this was really great, especially because I was getting acclimated to San Diego culture. So I don't have any issues with, with Kevin AC. Like, let me be clear, but you know, he went on a radio show, Mr. AC, and was kind of stressing how Padres fans were really mean and it was messed up the way they, they treated him and all the, the slander he got and whatnot. And that you look at the way all these other players, you think they're just saying this, that he's a, a good locker room guy. And then someone rightfully, who I, I don't have their, their specific, a lot of people are making this point. And I've talked about this in the past, actually, in an old episode of why Eric Hosmer became so maligned. Because it's not just as simple as being a bad player. It really isn't. It's the contract, yes. That's another adage of this. It's the fact that the Padres are being competitive for the first time in a long time and are becoming a blockbuster, like, the story of baseball, yet you have this kind of just this black void liability over at first base. And then 
I think the last part, which is important, is the kind of relationship with fans. And that's what people were pointing out. Why is it? And Ben and Woods pointed this out. And they tweeted this. They said in the five years that he'd been here, not once did he come on our show. And they did ask. The fact that those guys put that out there, that Eric Hosmer just never went on the show, I think that speaks volumes. I really do. And I'm not saying that he was a bad locker room player. I'm just saying it says something that the guys seem to just not care about being a Padre. And don't get me wrong. I would be the first to tell you sometimes I want to flip the bird to fan bases too. I get it, right? You look at some of these teams where, uh, say, say the Yankees, right, where they they say awful things, right? To Stephen Kwan earlier this year, they have the whole Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson fiasco, and what is their response? They're cheering, absolutely standing ovation for Josh Donaldson, which is like definitely not the reaction you should be having to that. Or Giancarlo Stanton, who strikes out in his first game at Yankee Stadium, and the boos are coming in. I remember I was in I was in college when that happened, and I remember that. Fan bases sometimes deserve for you to flip the bird. But even from day one, the fact that he was just never talking, that results in fan base animosity because we're hearing about how great of a leader you are from everyone but you. And that looks weird that you never give one conference. The collapse last year, no one's doing that. From what I saw, and I could be wrong about this, Joe Musgrove, who everybody loves, you're not at the extension. When they announced that, you're not at the press conference for that. Is it because he thought he was getting traded? Maybe. But even if he did, that's still no excuse. This is one of the big anchors of the rotation. Why Why are you not there? That's weird to me. Machado's there. I find that very weird. I find it very off-putting, and that is why everyone grew to hate him. It's not just because he was bad. Love him. Will Myers has been pretty bad for the Padres when you consider how much he's been making and how long he's been there. I don't know many people who hate Will Myers. And that's why, right? Will Myers' biggest media weirdness was when he called out Andy Green. And he was like on Twitch by accident. And he was upset that they were still running sprints in September. For Eric Hosmer, the amount of times that people like AC, and it's not just him, come out and he's such a, he's a winner and he's a great locker room presence. Why is it that not once we seem to have heard from him ourselves? Why is it that when Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union Tribune asked him a question that was a little eh, about last year being potentially a trade target that he immediately snaps at him. I didn't see that for anybody else. I didn't see anyone else nearly on that level flipping out, and the first time it happens, this guy, he freaks out. That's why he became so maligned. So when I say that I saw Eric Hosmer, everything that was breaking down, that he was declining the trade, when I saw that, I wasn't worried that he was going to break up the Soto thing because he would then not be able to show his face in San Diego, I don't think. Heck, even where I am in New Jersey, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'd be so upset, right? But I was just concerned, oh, is he still just going to be on this team? And he's a minus as a player, in my opinion. That didn't happen. He ends up going to the Boston Red Sox. Everybody knows me. I hate Boston. So it gives me even more of a reason to root against them, right? All that going down, it was wild. But I really do think that that speaks volumes. And I think that the combination of, of Bell, of Soto, of Brandon Drury, right? Of getting Josh Hader, who just is somehow like the eighth most important thing that happened. And you dump Hosmer. That's what made this such a legendary deadline. AJ Preller one-ups every single time he's gone out and done something crazy. Whether it's starting from the beginning with Eric Hosmer signing, or all of those trades for Myers and Kimbrough and all of them. Thought it couldn't get crazier than that? He has... The signing of Manny Machado. 
Thought it couldn't get crazier than that. He has the offseason in which he trades for Tommy Pham and Emilio Pagan and uh, somebody else. I forgot who was on that team that I'm blanking on right now. You have that. And then you have the trade for Mike Clevenger and Trevor Rosenthal and Austin Nola. You think it's not going to get crazier than that? You Darvish, Blake Snell, right? You Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, signing Hassan Kim, re-signing Jerickson Profar. Thought it couldn't get crazier than that. Guess what it did yet again, ladies and gentlemen, with all the acquisitions that happened. And in my opinion, they won the trade deadline. They were the story of the sport. Don't get me wrong. There were other teams that made good, uh, big moves, right? I actually think that the Cardinals, while they should have done more, and the fact that Dylan Carlson, uh, according to reports, was one of the players that they did not want to give up for Juan Soto, is pretty crazy to me. They did add Jose Quintana. And it did add Jordan Montgomery, two solid starting pitchers, I think, for that team. So that's not bad for them. Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> oh, what a what a sorry-ass team. Just giving up Josh Hader, even though they're in first place. They said, actually, we don't want to try. Um, you know, you have the Yankees with Frankie Montas and Benintendi and Scott Efros and, and all these guys. You have some other teams out there, like, who was it? Um... The Atlanta Braves acquiring Robbie Grossman, who's a player that I personally thought might have been a potential trade target for the Padres. They, they get Raziel Iglesias, right? Like, they make all these minor moves. It's There was a lot of big winners uh, at this deadline. There was a lot of teams that did stuff. And the Padres blew it up. I don't think it was as crazy a deadline as last year. And I, I'm trying to be objective. I know it wasn't fun for Padres fans, but last year just had so many unbelievable moves for so many teams that I think last year's was a little bit crazier. In terms of overall moves, this is going to be remembered for years to come. Even if, and I'm not trying to be cynical, even if it doesn't result in a championship, bottom line is nobody's going to look back at this and say, wow, they messed up. Why would they do that? Nah, man. Nah, man. If anything, Drury will be the guy that people look at. If he ends up being bad, where they're like, ah, we should have known that he was just breaking out, you know, for one half a season. It's possible, but bottom line is, guys, it is so fun to be a Padres fan right now. And we've got the Dodgers series coming up next. How crazy is that? Obviously, we're going to have today's game uh, to close out the series, hopefully get the sweep. But then you're playing the Dodgers in L.A. Um, I just want to mention really quickly, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, to rest in power to Vince Scully. I personally, I do not like pretending or at least even having the possibility that it looks like I'm being... um, What's the word? Being phony about when a, a, a prominent figure dies or whatnot. I'm just going to say, personally, I know he was big deal. I like the guy when I did hear him, but I'm not super familiar with Vince Scully. I, again, I grew up on the East Coast. It wasn't as big a part of my life, but it was sad to hear, you know. But RIP to Vince Scully and, you know, everybody be kind to the Dodgers fans on that front for sure. Guy was just getting nothing but praise from a lot of different people, so... Shouts to him. But again, I just don't want to pretend like this was something that shattered me personally because it wasn't. It wasn't a big thing for me. But I know for a lot of you, even for Padres fans, I can imagine that the the legend, the for a lot of people, they think the greatest broadcaster who's ever lived in Vince Scully. Um, okay. At the minimum, you know him for the, the play at first. Uh, what's that dude's name? The guy who went through his lane, the Bill Buckner, the Buckner play, right? Like, you know, at least recognize the voice from that, so... Yeah, so shouts to the Dodgers homies. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough out here sometimes. Um, but guys, 
that being said, I hope we kick the Dodgers' butts this weekend, and we're going to be talking about it, of course. We're going to be doing a podcast tomorrow. Maybe I'll do a crossover with the Lockdown Dodgers guys. Um, but in terms of what you can look forward to next week, doing a, re- a recap, obviously, of this weekend series. Going to talk more trade deadline stuff. Probably going to talk about uh, Eric Hosmer a little bit more. I might actually do an episode dedicated to him and just kind of his tenure overall in San Diego because I'm going to be writing about him. So that might come out on Tuesday. But whatever happens, guys, you've been listening, of course, to the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres. Check out my Slam Diego shirt on the YouTube Lockdown Padres. We freaking got him. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Wad Soto, baby. And more. And more. Now let's go win this thing. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Let's